This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today on this lovely Friday, Reed Wallach will offer his college football insights just eight days removed from kicking off week zero of the season. We will start, though, with the NFL and a little bit of breaking news, Aaron, we got to get to, and that is that the Commanders have officially, officially named Sam Owl as their week one starting quarterback versus the Arizona Cardinals. Jacoby Brissett will be the backup. Yesterday on the show, Aaron, we had Chris Russell on, and he said naming Sam Howell as the starter would be, shall we say, perfunctory. So do you see it that way? Do you feel like that Sam Howell being named the starter was an inevitability, or is there something symbolic as far as making this announcement today? I think what's symbolic is the fact that Ron Rivera probably just wanted to make Sam Howell feel like he earned the position. He earned the starting job. I think he knew all along that it was going to him. I don't think there was ever uh, a quarterback competition. I mean, unless he completely looked horrible, I think he had a slight edge over Jacoby Brissett this whole time. And I think it was just the old school, like, Hey, we're going to pretend like there's a competition here, string this thing along. But we already know Sam Howell is the guy and Chris Russell said as much he told us about he how he told some CBS reporter a long time ago that Sam Howell is going to be the guy and then pretended <laughs> like that never happened so it's kind of like oh yeah shocking news this is what we thought was going to happen he's been better all along in camp he looked impressive against the Ravens during joint practices he won the job I think that's what this was Ed I wonder, too, and this is something that we've talked about when discussing, say, the Browns, that Jacoby Brissett actually played quite well last year. And though I agree with you that this really wasn't a quarterback competition in the truest sense of the term, at the same time, I wonder if it's kind of an ode to Brissett to say, hey, he played well last year. He's looked good in practice. We know he's going to be the backup quarterback, but still, we want to at least put him in a position to where we're reminding him that he's doing a good job and that, yeah, Sam Howell is the guy, but if anything goes wrong, you do have a more than formidable backup waiting in the wings. 
Yeah, I agree. I think this could definitely be a situation where we will see Jacoby Brissett at some point. I mean, it even happened last year with Carson Wentz. Everyone in Washington was so excited they signed Carson Wentz, and that didn't work out well. In comes Taylor Heineke. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I think it's the right move. You've got to see what you have in Sam Howell. You've got to get him in there. You've got to give him the reps. If it, you know, he does get injured or something happens, has to miss some time, we already know Jacoby Brissett. I think he's slightly worse than Sam Howell from what I've heard, but he's not terrible and they can put him in there and still win some games. So speaking of and which, do we agree yeah. with Chris Russell? He thinks they might win 10 games. Whew. I was like, Chris, what are we doing here, pal? <laughs> do you need to track him down and kind of smack him upside the head for that take? Because, uh, you, no. He is not a homer. Like, He's actually from New York. So I do, mm-hmm. if he says he thinks they're going to win 10 games, nobody criticizes the commanders more than Chris Russell. So I believe him. He he must believe that. I do think they are going to be better. I know the defense is really good. I think we're expecting, mm-hmm. you know, a lot from them. It's just, you know, what are we going to get from Sam Howell against these other defenses? And it'll be interesting to see. 10 is a lot. I, if if they win 10 <laughs> games, Ron Rivera certainly isn't losing his job. But I think there's right. a lot up in the air for this commander's team. Well, like defensively with the commanders, the personnel is outstanding. I I don't think any of us have ever debated that part. It's just, can they stay healthy? Chase Young kind of being the obvious example here, but certainly there are other guys who have had their nicks and cuts and bruises uh, over the last couple of years, but it's something where talent wise, it it's absolutely there. The, The potential for this defense should be quite good. Sam Howell's a big question mark. Not really any questions as far as the wide receiver core. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Uh, we will be talking about wide receivers extensively a little later on yes. in the show as far as how to bet on those guys. Uh, but I like the wide receiver core just fine. Backfield should be okay. Offensive line as far as creating running lanes, things like that. Um, then I'll defer to you as far as uh, where you think they stand there. But as far as talent goes, I think the commanders could be in good shape. You love Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, but when I put all of these things together, I still arrive at the same conclusion where I go, wow, this still feels like a third place team in the NFC East. Could it make the playoffs? There's a path for that, but the Cowboys mm-hmm. and Eagles are just that much better. Yeah, Chris was talking about the whole new ownership boost vibe and being extra motivated uh it'll be interesting to see how they play against the ravens monday night in this preseason game ron rivera did mention that howell will play in that game and of course we all know the narrative about john harbaugh and the ravens going to what extend the streak to 25 straight is that what we're doing that's crazy to me i do think the commanders (laughs) might have a little chip on their shoulder even though they probably won't admit it just because it's preseason but in front of their home crowd one thing i can tell you about fedex field is there's no home field advantage i mean washington (laughs) there's a lot of transplants around here and so you often hear more opposing uh fans than the actual home team but now there's new ownership so i will be fascinated to see do fans come back because there's people even on 1067 the fan danny ruye who's with grant paulson on the air in the afternoon he just 
said, I'm, I will never go to FedEx field again until Dan Snyder is no longer the owner. And he's been saying that for like a decade. So I've got to assume there's more people who felt that way. And now that Dan is out, perhaps they, the, a lot of that old school fan base will come back. Back to the offensive line. Ever since Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff left, I feel like this offensive line has never really been very good. So that does concern me a bit for Sam Howell as well. And even for the run game, uh, you know, Chris Russell was talking about Brian Robinson uh, and the opportunities he's getting. So I'm interested to see how that will look in terms of the O-line and the protection that they're able to get for young Sam Howell. Why would you bring Laughing is how you like. like he's a phantom that much. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's gone. He's the albatross. We don't want him here anymore. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Morass. All right, I think Greg might have asked you, but what who is was, going like, on? The most unpredictable character that you've Where met so far. Like, who is the person that has come in or not? Are you guys not hearing something? Seem to be playing some audio, and, and I like, have. I really yeah, don't I know too. Okay, there Ooh, we go. That's all right. Hope that's ho hopefully that just looked like us uh, being weirdos and uh, not some strange audio we had no idea was playing. Uh, okay, let's move on now to, to baseball here. So a uh, couple of big uh, bits here. Uh, Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners are staying red hot. They're still very much uh, in the conversation for getting an AL, AL wild card spot. The Dodgers, what a fantastic win for them. Austin Barnes, who didn't have a home run all year cranks his first in a nothing nothing game in the bottom of the eighth inning dodgers win that one one to nothing la has now won 11 straight including sweeping the nl central leading milwaukee brewers aaron which storyline uh, do you think is more impactful as far as evaluating what we have with uh you know this uh playoff chase as we uh get to the final month of the major league baseball season Ooh, 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 pick me. I think it's the Mariners. I am surprised. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they do nothing at the trade deadline? I'm thinking Correct. this morning, do they regret that? Because here come the red hot Mariners. They could have done something. J-Rod absolutely cleaning up. He's been on fire. He is batting over 400 over the last week. And they didn't do anything at the deadline. I actually think that's a major problem. It kind of reminds me of what the Mariners did two seasons ago when they had the fun differential and they really came on late and surprised a lot mm -hmm. of people. Uh, so I think it's a great story, but I also wonder if the front office is like, ooh, maybe we should have added a couple pieces. 
Perhaps, uh, but at the same time, regression, positive or otherwise, can sometimes overwhelm whatever moves you make. And Seattle got off to a really slow start, despite having some real talent in terms of bats, in terms of arms, things like that. So, yeah, the Mariners are still very much in this thing. And it's crazy that when you look at the American League West, outside of the Angels and the A's, you've got three ball clubs who are playing very, very well right now. And it could mm-hmm. be something where the division gets three teams into the postseason. Wouldn't be surprised by that at this point. But at the same time, uh, you know, the Mariners still have some stiff competition with the Toronto Blue Jays, the O's or Rays, depending upon uh, what shakes out in the American League East. So the, you still have a lot of other formidable ball clubs uh, that could take over those other wildcard spots. So we'll see what happens uh, with the Mariners. I want to talk about the Dodgers for a little bit because – It's interesting that, yes, they're on this 11-game winning streak, and they're playing very, very well right now. Uh, Lance Lynn also threw an absolute gem against the Brewers, so that's definitely worth mentioning. Yet at the same time, I don't know how seriously we're taking their chances to win the National League pennant because of how well the Braves have played all season long. And so, Jake, I'd love to bring you in here because I'm curious what the Dodgers need to do to prove to all of us that they can very well contend with the Braves and say the National League Championship Series or something like that? Or is it something where the Braves have to fall back down to reality for it to look a little bit more competitive? Because if you look at, say, Fangraphs, Clay Davenport, whatever, Pocota, whatever projections you like, the Braves still have a massive lead in terms of probability to win the World Series, to win the National League, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, for... (laughs) It's so weird just because like the Dodgers lineup is not the issue. Like that that's not the problem. Like JD Martinez turned around and is having an awesome year. Jason Hayward has been really serviceable, if not better than that for them. Obviously, you have Freddie Freeman who is going to come in second and maybe make a push for the NLVP. I don't know how that's going to shake out. But Mookie Betts still really awesome, even though he's playing every position on the diamond. Like they have all these good hitters. The issue all year has been the pitching for the Dodgers. Julio Urias was terrible for the first you know, five months of the season. And now in his last five starts or so, he's been pitching really well. Lance Lynn, shocker. Stop me if you heard of this before. A starting pitcher went to the Dodgers and found something and is now really good. And obviously, Clayton Kershaw is off the IL. He's been pitching well. So if they have three good pitchers that they can trot out there, they can compete with the Braves for sure because the Braves obviously have the one-two punch of Strider and Freed and then pick your poison of Morton or Elder or whoever else you want to pick out of the rotation. And we all know what the Braves lineup can do. But, yeah, it's just because we're dismissing, quote-unquote, the Dodgers because the Braves have done it wire to wire. They've been the best team since day one of the season. And the Dodgers kind of scuffled to start. They were dealing with all these rookies and, you know, Dustin May's injury at the start of the year. And then they kind of just got into a groove and over the last month they've been awesome again. So I think they're up there with the Braves. I still put the Braves like a tier above, I guess, in their own kind of echelon, but the Dodgers are right there. And once it comes to the playoffs, you know, those stars are going to turn it on. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The Braves do belong in their own tier. The Dodgers would be the best in that second tier. And look, I would be super excited with an NLCS between the Braves and Dodgers. But right now, uh, the ATL definitely has the advantage. Braves ex-WOBA leads Dodgers ex-WOBA. Braves ex-WOBA allowed leads Dodgers ex-WOBA allowed. So it's one of those things where Braves are certainly ahead, even though the Dodgers 
are on this insane winning streak right now. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will take a look at receiving leader odds within their respective divisions. That's right here on the BetQL Network.